You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. to the Nick and Nolan show a Buffalo rumblings podcast with your host Nick Bat. the prime minister of Sweden visited Washington today and my tiny little nipples went to France and Bruce Nolan yo brethren what up with thee Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining me for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. And my along with me as always partner is not along with me as always. Nick is not here. Nick decided to take the week off. He's got a lot of things going on uh, personally and professionally. And so this is a good week for him to take a little vacation. I might take one at some point this off season as well. And then you'll have a Nick solo pod. One of the joys of having a pod with two people is that we can cover it when somebody has something like this. So unfortunately, you're going to be stuck with me by myself. Although I, I do think we should probably stop saying along with me as always, because this is not the first time this has happened. I, I feel like we're being a little intellectually dishonest with that opening, Nick. I, I kind of feel like we should maybe crowdsource some opinions, come up with some sort of different intro than we normally have. Something uh, something catchy, something, you know, maybe late night show, get some band, big band music up in here. I come out like Conan, you know, I know it's an audio medium, but something like that. Guys, we're here. We made it to Wednesday. If you're listening to this pod, you have survived Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday after the devastating heartbreak that was the Buffalo Bills wild card playoff loss to the Houston Texans ending their 2019 season. Specifically about that game, I did a podcast earlier this week. It dropped on Tuesday with Patrick Moran from the Moranalytics podcast. If you're not following him on Twitter, it's at Pat Moran tweets. You can listen to my full thoughts on the Houston Texans game specifically on that podcast. We had a really good discussion about the game, about Brian Dable, about Duke Williams, about Josh Allen. And I really feel like we got into some good discussion there. We're going to do that. But this pod specifically, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about metaphors and I want to talk about silver linings. And I think that we're in the right space right now from a time standpoint to be able to start to heal and start getting prepared for the next phase of the offseason, even though it happened a couple days ago. And that's what we're going to try and do today. The first thing that I want to talk about is metaphors for the 2019 season. The Bills 2019 season was a success, in my opinion, making the playoffs two times in the first three years 
lends credibility to the plan that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have had since they came on board. And it validates their successes and allows this team to finally not be a joke anymore. It's not a fluke if you make it two times in three years. It's not a fluke if you're 10 and 6. It's not a fluke if you beat the Dallas Cowboys on national television on Thanksgiving Day. This team was not a fluke. This team is a good team. I'm not saying we're going to make the playoffs next year, but I think there are some valuable things to take away from this year as a whole. And I think if you're forced to get in the frame of mind where you go, okay, if I was going to establish a metaphor for this entire year as a whole and not just the last game, what what would that 2019 metaphor be? And I think that that forces you to step back from the game. And when it forces you to step back from the game, that's when the healing can really start. That's when people can start to feel a little bit better about their season, about the way that the Bills performed. And there's a lot to feel good about. The 2019 free agent class was an absolute home run from Brandon Bean. John Brown, Cole Beasley, Quentin Spain. These people were meaningful differences. Andre Roberts was a great pickup that stabilized something that was an underrated need going into last offseason. The 2019 draft class, Cody Ford started games. We can discuss whether or not he's a guard or a tackle later, but he started games for this team. Ed Oliver, by the end of the year, in my opinion, was our best defensive tackle, and I don't particularly think it was close. There's benefit across the table. Everywhere you look, there's something to be happy about when it comes to the 2019 Bills. Yes, it didn't necessarily end the way that we wanted it to. However, just because it didn't happen that way doesn't mean there's anything bad about it. So I enlisted some help on Twitter from the followers saying, hey guys, I need your help. Tweet me with your best metaphor for the Bills 2019 season as a whole, and let's let's reflect this week. And so I'm going to read some of them to you, and we're going to chat a little bit about them. Aaron Quinn from Cover One responded, he responded, and specifically said, put the league on notice. And he used the gif of Dawson Knox running over two Bengals in that epic play to help us close out that victory. I think that's really good. I do. I think putting the league on notice is important because there's multiple ways you do it. I think the Bills put a lot of the free agent class on notice when they built the facility that they built coming directly out of the Pakula's pocket to make sure we could take better care of our athletes. And they could stay here year-round if they wanted to and not be without when it came to medical facilities. Free agents don't look at Buffalo the way they used to. I promise you that. I don't care what the Sports Illustrated poll said from last year. These people know how important their bodies are. They know what organizations are competent. Are you telling me that after what happened with Trent Williams and the Redskins and the Jets... And constantly, constantly things coming out about teams not being able to be trusted with their medical facilities, that that's not part of putting the league on notice. Hey, we're going to put all the free agents on notice. Come to Buffalo 
we won't lie to you about having brain cancer. How's that sound? If you do come here, we're going to give you the things you need to be able to take care of your body and elongate your career and keep you in the best physical shape possible so that you can earn the most amount of money for your family. That matters. That's a way to put the league on notice. In addition, we put the league on notice that this wasn't the same all Bills team. We have some special players on this team who are physically gifted, who work hard, who have the opportunity to be dominant at their position. Ironically enough, the gift is of Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox is an absolute monster. I'd like him to catch the ball a little bit more, but he has every physical tool necessary to be dominant in the same physical way that George Kittle is. I'm not saying he's going to be George Kittle. I'm saying that's the kind of tone that can be set when you have players like that. And that's important. In addition, we put the league on notice that we're not going anywhere. 2017 was not a fluke. We made it again. We won the games we were supposed to win. We got on national TV and smacked around America's team. You can't see me. I'm doing air quotes. America's team. I think put the league on notice is really good. We're not going to fade into 4-12, and 12, folks. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are building something here that isn't like what we had the last 20 years. And so I think put the league on notice is really good from Aaron Quinn of Cover 1. Chris Spencer said, McBean's cake has taken less time to prepare and bake than expected. Bean had a successful trip to the store to buy the ingredients, and McDermott has proven adept at mixing the batter. The cake baked quicker in the oven than expected, and now it's time for the icing in year four. I like this one too. There's a lot of people who would say that 2019 wasn't even supposed to be our year. They came in 2017. The rebuild really didn't even start until the end of 2017 when you're able to get the assets back that you traded away with those trades at the beginning of the 2017 season. You pick your quarterback, you move on from Tyrod, and you start building the team. So you can make an argument this is year two into the rebuild. And so 2020 very well may have been the target for, okay, let's be competitive. We might be a year ahead of schedule here which just goes to show you that we can make things happen even while we're building. When when Brandon Bean first got here, he says we want to win for today and win for tomorrow simultaneously. And that's really hard. But being able to make the playoffs two times in three years while rebuilding and going into this year with nine draft picks and $90 million in capital, that's pretty impressive. We are managing to rebuild the airplane while it's in flight. And you know what? I'll take it. We didn't even have to land it. Dusty Proctor, at Dusty Proctor on Twitter, said, The 2019 Buffalo Bills were a presidential candidate you won in office who loses in the primary. An overabundance of emotional ties you probably shouldn't have. Some speeches you brought you to tears, some campaign moments that made you pull your hair out, and Ed Oliver. I like this one too. Yes, we wanted our guy to win. We want to win the Super Bowl, but there can be only one winner. It's not just a Highlander reference. There can be only one. And I don't think that a lot of people were probably under the the, the eyes we were going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. I, I certainly wasn't. I picked us to go 8-8. Eight eight. 
So I don't think we were going to be a Super Bowl contender. Would I have liked to win a playoff game? Yes. Do I think we should have won that playoff game? Yes. But that pain that I'm feeling right now does not invalidate everything else we've talked about so far and we'll talk about later on this podcast. The pain doesn't invalidate that. It might make it harder to see those things right now, but it doesn't mean they're not there. The next metaphor that I got was from Kevin MC on Twitter, who said, anyone say Game of Thrones yet? Pretty amazing run. Ending was rough. That's really good. We're not going to talk about the ending of Game of Thrones because I'm already upset enough as it is, but I think it's a fairly apt metaphor. Mike said it was like a crash test, an exhilarating ride with a catastrophic ending. We're going to do one more, and it's going to be from Josh McCarty. Josh McCarty said that this season was like setting a personal record while running a marathon and overcoming every obstacle along the way, but as you cross the finish line, you poop your pants. You know you have a lot to be proud of for the journey, but people still point and laugh when it ends. I'll level with you. That takes the cake. That's my winner as far as I'm concerned. Because after you're done getting laughed at, And after you're done feeling embarrassed and after you're done with that, you look back and you go, you know what? The way that that ended does not invalidate the journey. It doesn't invalidate the progress. It doesn't invalidate the achievement. It doesn't invalidate the growth. None of the pain that we're feeling now invalidates the growth of this team and the steps forward that were taken by this team in the 2019 season. And that's really the exercise we're going through now with the metaphors, is that when you're forced to step back away from the pain, and you're forced to say, okay, what do I think about this whole thing in totality? What do I think about all the games combined, instead of just the most recent one that was absolutely heartbreaking? And that's when you start to see the growth. And so, I thought it was a valuable exercise. We are going to take a quick break. We are going to come back and we are going to talk about some silver linings from the game. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan, and welcome to segment two of the Bruce Solo Pod. We talked about metaphors for the season as a whole. And we're going to talk a lot about the season as a whole, what was accomplished, but I thought it was valuable to sit down, have a conversation about the season as a whole to really make sure that we're not losing the forest for the trees. But we're going to talk about some silver linings coming out of the game. My biggest takeaway, 
I noted this on Twitter, but my biggest takeaway from the 2019 wild card game with the Houston Texans was Josh Allen is absolutely willing to throw the ball to a contested catch receiver. There were some fairly significant questions about that going into this season. In fact, the last time I did a solo pod that had something to do with roster decision-making, it was Duke Williams and Isaiah McKenzie and Ray Ray McLeod. And we broke down which one of those three people we thought would get the final wide receiver spot on this 53-man roster. And I posed to you a question as to whether or not it even mattered that Duke Williams was a contested catch receiver because Josh Allen has not historically done well with those types of receivers. Andre Holmes and Kelvin Benjamin were the examples that I used. Those were the case studies from 2018 that said, you know, I don't think Josh performs well with these types of receivers. He did target Duke Williams 10 times and showed the willingness to throw the types of balls to that type of receiver that he wasn't necessarily willing to throw to John Brown and Cole Beasley. He threw a lot more slants to Duke Williams. He threw a lot more 50-50 balls to Duke Williams. He threw a lot more contested catch situations where there wasn't a lot of separation and he felt comfortable making that throw because he felt like Duke Williams could block the guy out, box him out, and make a contested catch and make a play for his quarterback. Now, I know Duke Williams had some drops, but I'm going to choose to look at this as a positive because Josh Allen is willing to throw that ball. And if we had gone into this offseason with that question unanswered, I would not have been comfortable. I would have been a lot less comfortable going into the 2020 NFL draft, not knowing if drafting a guy like T. Higgins, for example, was going to be wasted because Josh Allen wouldn't throw him the ball. Now I know that's not the case. If Josh Allen trusts you, he will throw you the ball regardless of whether or not you're a speed separation shifty receiver or whether you're a big body catch guy. That's unbelievably important, and we need to be talking about this. There's value there. Because he was willing to make those throws to a different type of receiver, we also saw him make different types of throws. We saw him make a slant throw and put it in the gut of a receiver, which we haven't seen a lot this year. We saw him throw a back shoulder throw that we haven't seen a lot this year. We saw him throw it up and just kind of hang it up for a 50-50 ball that we haven't seen a lot this year. So not only do we see him throw it to a different type of receiver, now we see him make different types of throws. The presence of Duke Williams in the Houston Texan game helped answer questions about Josh Allen. That is incredibly valuable for us going into the 2020 offseason, making sure that we know that a pick on T. Higgins or someone of that like would not be wasted because we know that Josh would use him, which of course doesn't speak highly for Andre Holmes and Kelvin Benjamin. If Josh Allen is willing to use you, then how bad were you guys? Or the other way we can look at that is look how far Josh Allen has come. We can use the Duke Williams throws from the Houston Texans game as a measuring stick for how far Josh Allen's come since Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes were his receivers. If you go back and watch the beginning of 2018 and compare it to the Houston Texans game, it's night and day. Josh Allen did not have a good game against the Houston Texans, but there's value there if you know where to look. 
if you know what you're looking at and you can kind of just take off the frustration for a second and realize we're checking boxes, folks, that's good. That's a good thing we should be excited about going into the 2020 offseason. The next silver lining I want to talk about is Devin Singletary. In that game, I saw Devin Singletary run a successful screenplay. I saw him run the perimeter. I saw him run between the tackles. Devin Singletary is a silver lining of this game. I understand he didn't get as many carries as we'd like. We can take that up with Brian Dable. I understand that entirely. But Devin Singletary can absolutely be the lead back of this team. Now, he is not an all-around player to the point where he doesn't have every single thing you want. You can't check all your boxes with just Devin Singletary. If you go into your running back room and you go, okay, I want to check all the boxes, and the only person sitting there is Devin Singletary, you don't have all your boxes checked because Devin Singletary is not an explosive athlete. He's not going to break a 70-yard touchdown run at any given time. And because of that, there has been some discussion as to what type of player we should surround Devin Singletary with, whether that should be a bruiser who can do well in the pass game, whether that's someone who's a satellite player. My answer to that is anyone who can break a big one. So Devin Singletary ran a 4.66 in the 40. You don't have to be a 4-4 guy to be a good running back in this league. We talked about this ad nauseum after the draft last year. Give me vision and contact balance to get you to be a good running back in the NFL. Now, if you want to go from good to great, you need elite physical tools, which Devin Singletary does not have. He doesn't have the explosiveness. He doesn't have the speed. He does have the agility, which is great. But what I need as a compliment to Devin Singletary is I need explosive physical traits. I'm not saying spend your first round pick on Travis Etienne. I'm saying that's the type of back we can compliment him with. But I know full well we don't have to go out and get a bell cow back. We don't have to go out and spend a first or a high second round pick on a running back who can do it all. We can go into this offseason and say we need a complimentary player. We don't need a brand new starting running back. We don't need someone who can do it all. We need someone who can do what Devin Singletary can't. And that's a silver lining from this season and from this game in particular. The last silver lining from the Houston Texans game that I want to talk about is that Ed Oliver is good enough that we don't necessarily need to re-sign Jordan Phillips. At the very beginning of the year, Ed Oliver was finding himself a little bit. But I banged the table and said he's not a bust. He's playing well. It's just not happening as splashily as you would like it to. But he's playing well. He was infinitely better than Jordan Phillips against the Houston Texans. And his presence at that three techniques spot means we don't necessarily have to re-sign Jordan Phillips. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott gave their end-of-the-year press conferences today. And their responses about Jordan Phillips were interesting. They said he has earned the right to go see what his value is on the open market. But when asked about Shaq Lawson, they said our representatives will be in touch. It doesn't sound to me that Jordan Phillips is someone that the team is absolutely dying to get back. And I don't think they need to pay him $8 million a year with Ed Oliver. I understand that defensive tackles and defensive linemen in general rotate heavily in this scheme. 
But every time I saw Jordan Phillips on the field, I wished instead it was at Oliver. One of the things that helped the Texans get back in the game was they caught the Bills with Corey Legit and Jordan Phillips on the field together. And that's not a good combination when it comes to run defense. And they took advantage of it. I like Corey Legion as a rotational player, but I don't like him next to Jordan Phillips for the purposes of run defense. We are going to spend a lot of this offseason talking about free agency and re-signing our own. We're going to get in a lot of that. The only reason I wanted to bring that up is because Ed Oliver has been good enough down the stretch that I want you to prepare yourselves for the potential of Jordan Phillips not being here and for that to be okay. Ed Oliver is a good player, ladies and gentlemen. Ed Oliver is worth the number nine pick that we spent in him, and I have every confidence that he's going to continue to develop. We talked over and over and over again this year about how slow developing a defensive tackle position would be, especially when you played out of position in college and you came from Conference USA and you declared as an underclassman. There was always going to be a learning curve with Ed Oliver. Somehow we want to make endless excuses for Josh Allen because of learning curve and being raw, but we don't want to give Ed Oliver six games to figure his stuff out. It's the end of his first year and he's the best defensive tackle on this team. The ceiling is really high for Ed Oliver and he's only going to continue to get better. I have every confidence he's ready to be the starting defensive three tech of this team and perform at a high level in 2020 and beyond for the Buffalo Bills. I just realized that I said Conference USA instead of the American Athletic Conference when referencing Houston, Ed Oliver's alma mater, and his hometown. Oh, well, it, you got my drift. It was Devin Singletary, actually. It was Conference USA with Florida International. But the point is that there's plenty of silver linings to come out of this game. And there's plenty of silver linings to come out of this season. And I hope that the metaphor exercise will help you realize, yes, it had a bad ending. And it was heartbreaking, but it doesn't invalidate all the progress. It doesn't invalidate the growth. And when you stop that and you go, okay, so the ending doesn't invalidate the growth. And then you look at the silver linings from the game and from the season in general, you go, okay, we're at a better place than we were at the beginning of this year. This organization has moved forward. We are more optimistic now than we were then. Going into last offseason, we had a list of questions that got answered. Does Brandon Bean know how to build an offense? Can he even evaluate offensive talent? The answer is yes. Yes, he can. Nailed the Devin Singletary pick. Did great in free agency. Question answered. Box checked. Going into this season, we have less questions. Every single year, they answer more questions about their competence level and about their proficiency at doing the things that are necessary to build the team the right way. Now, are they without flaws? Of course they aren't. Of course they have flaws. But we cannot lose the forest for the trees, folks. There is optimism around this franchise, and we should have that. If they stop getting better, then we'll talk about it. It's exactly the same as Josh Allen's career trajectory. As long as he's growing and moving forward and taking the next step, there's optimism and there's hope. When he plateaus, then you have to look around and see where you're at and say, am I okay with this? It's the same thing in a franchise. Developing a franchise and developing a quarterback require the same methodologies. 
And that is once you stop getting better, you stop, you look around, you take survey and stock and where you're at and you say, am I okay with this as a franchise? There's certain franchises who never get past the, we can compete for the playoffs, but we can't really win a game. The Cincinnati Bengals come to mind. The Cincinnati Bengals eventually, even though the owner is extremely patient, read patient as cheap, mind you, he eventually looked around and said, no, we're, we're not going to do this anymore. We have plateaued. We haven't gotten better. I don't think we can take the next step. We might even have to take a step back in order to take a step forward. Now, they did take a step back. They're the worst team in football this year. But until it plateaus, there's always hope that the ceiling just keeps getting higher. And that's where we are with Josh Allen. And that's where we are as a franchise. And so I don't want us to lose all of that because of the Texans game. That was the entire point of this podcast. And I hope that it landed on you guys. And I hope that you walk out of this feeling a little bit better, feeling a little refreshed, and ready to attack this offseason, and ready to get better, and ready to come in with a growth mindset that Sean McDermott's got, that Josh Allen's got, that we as fans need to have. Let's get better. Let's learn some stuff from last year. When narratives prop up, and we take hard stances on them, and we're proven to be right, or we're proven to be wrong. Let's learn, let's grow, let's get better. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of The Nick and Nolan Show. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter, at Bruce Exclusive. And until next time, make sure you remember everything we talked about, but most importantly, remember this. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.